Welcome to Life With Your Dog podcast. Our focus is educating dog owners, enthusiasts and dog trainers about ideas on how to train, manage, live and thrive with our dogs. To teach dogs to live in our society while our dogs teach us how to live in the now. I'm your host Panos Anagnostou. And I'm your co-host Luke Badman. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Life With Your Dog. My name's Panos. Today, we're going to be talking about what should we do and a couple of tips and tricks of how we can make our dogs be a little bit more confident if they're scared of your vet. So, today I had a client. She said that her dog was terrified when they first went to the vet. Rescue dog, so she didn't know much about her, probably about a year, year and a half old. Staffy cross Labrador Dalmatian looking type of dog. And but very scared of lots of different things, cars driving, bins out in the street. So there's many things. And it was about a month and a bit over the Christmas break that I couldn't see my clients. And she figured, well, what should I do about, um, you know, making sure that the the actual visit that we have in about, you know, 10 days, how do I make that as smooth as possible? And this is all on her own accord. She thought, I'm going to go to the vet every single day as part of our walk to desensitize our dogs to the vet. And I thought that was, that's number one on my list. The first thing I do is that I give advice is if your dog is scared of the vet, well then let's try to make it part of our everyday thing because let's face it, going to the vet is a scary place. Just the pheromones and the odor that's in there can, can um, demonstrate to your dog that, you know, it can create bit more of a fearful response and something to be alert about. Or if your dog has gone to the vet and had an uncomfortable situation happen to him, like a thermometer or, or going up the butt or a vaccination kind of hurt him. Or it could be that he slipped on the on the slippery floors or slipped on the on the table there. A dog was there and freaked him out. Or it could be that dog's scared of people and now seeing a, a vet that is dressed in a certain way or maybe they made association. There's so many different things of why your dog could be scared. Your dog was sick and stressed and confused and spent a lot of time at the vet while that was happening. So then just made that general association that the vet is somewhere to be scared of. So doing regular visits as part of your walk, what I would probably suggest is driving about a block away from the, the vet. And the first day or two, we just walk past the vet to see if there's any reaction. And if it's especially an existing vet, a place where you've been before, your dog's going to realize that and smell it and see it. So we just walk past and I would be suggesting that we practice our basic general obedience and making a training session out of it. If your case is quite severe or extreme, I would say most of your dog's nutrition and food comes from this sort of training around the place like the vet out the front at first to make sure that it's just another session, sits and down and practice your place, command your middle, whatever it is that you like to work on. And make it a normal everyday experience, especially not driving, stopping in front of the vet and then walking outside and being right in front of the vet. Going when walking past the vet can be just as effective to begin with. Then over the next couple of days after that, going to the actual vet and walking just inside or standing outside and and making a positive experience. But when it's time to walk in and notify them, let them know that, hey, this is what I'm doing. Open the door, you walk in, food, food, food and leave. That's all you got to do. That could be the session for the day. As that starts to happen, you can ask the, the receptionist or a vet nurse or whoever is walking by, hey, can 
depending on, again, this very general rule, depending on how scared your dog is, if your dog's showing aggression, then probably not doing this and you have to come up with a bit of a different plan. But again, just remember this is in general. You could ask the vet nurse or the receptionist to either offer food to your dog or to even just drop food around the dog to show them, hey, when you come here, good things happen. And if this happens as a regular occurrence, the dog's going to be more excited to go to the vet. I would even do this if you're pup with a young little puppy or the dog that you first acquire anyway. Make it a positive experience because you can. So, um, so making that a regular occurrence where when it's time to go to the vet, think of when your dog now walks through the door, your dog's now thinking about who's going to give me food, just like how your dog, well, how my dogs are when we go to the pet store. They always feed them Z, we peek at the counter. So Spade just stands there and waits for somebody to feed him. And it's funny because when you go into a similar sort of situation, I think it was, was it at the vet? We're at somewhere, no, it was at the coffee shop and they let the dogs come in and he's standing at the counter like, well, you know, there's a counter and someone's standing behind it. Why aren't they going to feed me? So, um, so we want that sort of mindset when our dog enters the vet. And it did work with, um, what was the dog's name? With Indy. And, um, and if it worked there, then I, I know that it can work for, for the vast majority of dogs. That's like the main answer that I'd give somebody like very quickly. But, um, Sometimes things get a little bit more intense. So there's a few other things that we could do, like maybe even ask the vet to meet you at the front and maybe we can walk in together. Could be another option where at least we're not walking into the room where the vet is or just seeing the vet inside and then, you know, making a shot. If you can just go, hey, can you just meet us at the front? We're going to wait at the front there and we can walk in together. I think that kind of makes it a little bit more neutral and asking the vet not to, on the first, you know, response, not to stare him and try to touch him, but just to ignore him and we can just walk in together. Again, if your dog's showing any aggression, definitely your dog needs to be um, conditioned to wear a muzzle. And when I say conditioned, not just a whack a muzzle on before you walk into the vet, that will create more stress in your dog. I'm pretty sure we've done a, a muzzle conditioning episode. If we haven't, I've definitely spoken about it before, but check it out. Teach your dog how to wear a muzzle. So that way there, everyone's safe and no one's getting any extra holes in their body because that's a very bad experience too. Um, and if you feel that things are maybe it's a bit sour at that one vet, maybe your dog just has a specific um, association to that one particular vet, try a different vet and go even just a walk in and make an inquiry or, you know, let them know what's happening and have a consult with the vet to see if your dog, you know, feels a little bit more comfortable at a, at a new location could be another option. Actually, something that I haven't written here and I think is really good is that, you know, we have one of our vets. Um, so I have relationship with, with the quite a, with a couple of different vets but one of them is um they come to our house and it's the best thing ever especially when you know we we can't physically move the dog or the cat and or it's been a tough time where, where we where we want everything to happen at home or when you know other sad moments happen um having the vet come to your house is extremely useful and helpful especially when we're looking after quite a few dogs sometimes things happen one dog has conjunctivitis another dog hurt himself playing too rough so having the vet coming down and, and checking multiple dogs out became um, a lot more stress-free for everybody. So that's another option for you guys. Teach your dog how to walk on polished floors. I think that's a big one. I think dogs aren't just scared of the scent of the, of the odors that they're smelling inside of the vet and the past experiences, but also just walking on very slippery co concrete floors can be terrifying for a dog if you've never done it before, especially in a new environment, all the things. So try to find a place where you find some slippery floorboards or some slippery floorboards aren't probably the same sort of thing but try to find 
some concrete that's slippery, wet some concrete that's polished. I don't know. Get creative and try to desensitize your dog. Hey, walking on that. One good place would be going to your pet store or, or like or the um, Bunnings is a like a hardware store. So like your hardware store may be very slippery floor. So and a kind of a similar sort of situation. Random people around a confined space. So it could be other places where you can desensitize your dog and get them used to this sort of activity. And again, to generalize all of these and to do it at different vets or to do it at different locations can help with our dog overcome some of that fear as well. And one thing that I guess I would finish on is it reminds me of um, one of our colleagues and friends in the industry. Um, was it Jessica? I'm pretty sure it was Jessica Ward. Um, her dog was frightened of the vet um, when, when she had to give him a vaccination or a needle or something. And what she did was she, and they, well, she did the box. The box is a something that I'm not going to even do it any justice explaining. I will quickly explain it, but you should check out the canine paradigm and find the box episode. It's one of the most earliest episodes they did. And there's a little bit of extra um, information in other episodes as well. But, and so for full detail, go there and check it out. And I think they pretty much in one of the episodes, they referred to what I'm going to explain now. So what the box is, is, is a, any type of box and we want our dog to be able to focus on a washer or an item that we put inside the box and com- to can be completely focused and staring at that that um, washer while the washer's in. As soon as we take the washer out, then the dog has, there's no need for the dog to be staring so intently into the box. And why do we want this? Is that we want our dog to be so focused on, and I get a quick breakdown of how to do it, just to kind of get you guys understand what I'm saying. There's a box and we put the washer in. As soon as there's a washer in, we chuck some kibble into the, into the, um, into the box. While the dog's staring at the washer, keeping his nose on it as part of the criteria, food gets dropped in. As soon as the dog lifts his head, no food happens. The dog puts his head back into the box and staring or putting his nose on the washer, food gets dribbled back in. There's no commands in this. The context of the box is the thing. And the point of it is to teach our dogs, and Pat likes to explain, to um, he explains as the dog meditates in that position. So meditating in terms of focusing on one particular thing at once. And it could be used for so many different things because we can use that washer and then eventually go down the route of teaching to find specific odors and things like that. Um, It could also be a way to get your dog to target on something, but also it could be a way of getting a dog to be so focused on the box that we can start to add stimulus outside of the box. So for you, for example, if your dog's scared of a hairdryer, your dog will look into the the box when we present it and we do part of the, the training. Dog's looking inside. In another room, the hairdryer turns on. If your dog looks up to the hairdryer, food stops. Dog puts his nose back into the box, staring at the washer. Food gets dropped back in. And then over time, the duration and distance of where that hairdryer is will get closer and closer. And if we do this correctly, and again, I'm not going to go through all the specific details. Check out that episode where you should be able to get to a point where you can blow dry your dog's hair while the box is there. And then over time, we don't need the box because the dog has now become desensitized and overcome with the with the hairdryer. Well, this process happened with Jessica Ward and her dog, I believe it was Jess, where she had to get her dog vaccinated. The dog was terrified of it. So she did the box. She did the box training, I believe, a couple of sessions at the vet with nothing happening. And then one day she did it. And while the dog was focused on the thing, doing the thing, dog got the vaccination, didn't even recognize that it happened. And boom, it happened. They did what they needed to do. And they utilized this technique and this sort of approach to be able to get what, what it is that they wanted to be done. So I don't know, in this case, was a dog specifically scared of the being inside the vet clinic 
scared of a particular vet. But even if the dog was scared of the vet clinic, practicing the box outside and then closer and closer over months, for example, can get get closer into the into the veterinary clinic where we can then eventually have a vet touch the dog and do whatever and then eventually get it is what we want. So there's a couple of options there for you. The last one's a little bit more in depth and a bit more intense. I haven't personally practiced the box. I would love to do it, but I'll add that to the list of things that I got to do in my life. But um but I understand it very, very well in the same concepts we use in other areas. I think it's really useful, very handy, and maybe I feel a little bit silly not practicing it because I know how helpful it is. But again, something that that hopefully I can start getting onto and, and share that with you guys. But look it up and see how you go. But if your dog is scared of the vet, there's many different approaches and maybe just shoving your dog in the vet on the time that they need to see him on that yearly vaccination or whatever, maybe isn't the right approach desensitize and make your dog feel good about it. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if any of these tips helped or if there's something to add, let us know on Instagram or Facebook, Life With Your Dog Podcast. And um, anyway, until then, much love and have a good night or day. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Life With Your Dog. Please share with your friends if you're enjoying our podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcasts to help others find the show. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook, Life With Your Dog Podcast. My name's Panos and to keep up with my dog training adventures, tips and techniques, you can find me on Instagram at np underscore dog underscore training, my website npdogtraining.com or my YouTube channel, Nutris Pooches. Thanks for listening guys. My name's Luke. If you'd like to find out more about my dog training services, you can find me at www. Kizuna, that's K-I-Z-U-N-A, canine, C-A-N-I-N-E, dot com, dot A-U. I'm also on Instagram at Kizuna Canine Training. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.